Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people, loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. First of all, I've been a little overwhelmed uh, since the announcements. Uh, wow. Um, I don't have any kids, and uh, my wife and I aren't, aren't able to have kids. Um, and I've never really understood uh, what, what it feels like to be a, a mom or a dad. Uh, and, uh, and I just – but I think – this morning, I felt like for the first time, like like a proud parent. Um, like my mother-in-law, really, like the, one of the things, and, and you moms probably can identify with this. Um, one of the things that they just want is all their kids around the table. They just they just want everybody around the table, just to be in their presence. And uh, like this morning, I, I wasn't here last week. I, I actually was in a zombified state. Um, non-human, uh, zombified state, a very reclusive person. Um, you didn't want to be around me because <clears throat> uh, I would infect you. Um, but this morning, I just feel like a proud, proud papa, just being with family, being with you, um, just around the table. It's great. Um, and and as a as a proud papa, um, I want to I want to single out a, a, a part of our family. Um, I, I've gotten to know this person for, I don't know, well, I've been here six years, so six years. Uh, I've gotten to know this person six years. Didn't know they existed until then. Um, and uh, um, they are, this, this individual is, has been um, spitfire, full of, full of gumption, really. Like, I don't know, I don't use that word, it's 2019, but I feel like it fits. Um, this person's full of gumption and, and moxie, and um, she is just jam-packed with a lot of energy. And she has put her hand to the plow, even if she didn't know what she was doing. And she always questioned what she was doing. Um, but uh, I'd like to bring... She didn't know I was going to do this, by the way. Uh, this was not planned. I'd like to bring Trish, Trish Morris or Pat or Patricia, whichever way you want to... Um, but Trish, would you mind um, coming up? Um, you're, you, you're, as, you could be as, I mean, yeah. Uh, this Pat, Trish, Patricia, just don't call her a four-letter word. That's a curse word. Um, but uh, this is Pat, and um, this is my, she's my friend. And uh, she's your friend, even if you don't know her. Um, 
And if this is the first time you, you, you've met her, well, I'm sorry for you that this is probably going to be the last time you see her. Um, she's our friend, and, and uh, Trish is a member of this body. Um, she's been on several boards. She's in a lot of leadership positions. Even though she doesn't believe that she's a leader, she's a leader. Um, and uh, we love you. I love you. I really do. And so the reason she's up here is, is because um, she's going to be moving. Uh, she's moving down with her family in Carlisle. And um, she's, she's, she's not leaving us. Uh, I was talking with her in the parking lot. It's like, it's, you're, not, you're not leaving us. We're, we're sending you. Because she's going to be able to impact a group of people like she has been in the last, how long have you been here? Since Jesus was four? That's a year early, later than Sandy. Um, uh, how long have you been here? On and off a lot of years. Um, but but uh, it, it's been, it really has been a pleasure of mine to get to know you. And, and I'm sure we're going to see you. But uh, one of the things that's, that we as a body do is we, the way we love is we pray. Um, and uh, so I'd like for us to pray over and send her um, because quite frankly um, you're not leaving us we're sending you as a missionary to Carlisle and to whatever body of Christ that you go into because I know you're, you're going to be looking you've already got the first place you're going to try out to see which faith family you will fit and be able to impact and so can we please stand and if you're if you know her or not will you just come and surround her uh, you mind coming right here Trish kind of right in the middle here and uh, we're going to love on you and send you out. Um, so, Heavenly Father, we, we come this morning and we bring our friend, um, an old friend and for some a new friend today, um, Trish. We love her deeply. I know that this has been a decision that's been really trying for her to make. And, um, Lord, she's, she's going to a new place, a new home, um, going to be a part of a new group of people that, that are going to become new friends and a new faith family. And, Lord, Father, may, one, she remember that she has a faith family here in Wapak that absolutely loves her and adores her and appreciates her friendship and her love and her encouragement and, and her ministry. Um, things that she does on her own um, because you've moved her to do those things. Father, I know that there's going to be a lot of customers that come through Mercy Unlimited that are going to look for her and she's not going to be there. But Father, I, I pray that as she goes, she goes in joy and she goes in the spirit and she goes in power because, Lord, there's still work that you really want to do in her and through her in a new group of people. And so today, we as her faith family send her off. Just kind of like Paul and Barnabas were sent off. Their family laid hands on them to send them out to do a mighty work in the name of Jesus Christ. And so we, we ask that you move in her and that you empower her. You fill her with your spirit. And may she find a friend in two and three and twenty 
that she truly can encourage. I know it's going to be tough. A new city, new roads, new places, possibly getting lost about 20 times. But I know with you, she's always found. And it becomes an adventure for her. We'll lead and guide her. We love you, Jesus. And we trust you with Trish. It's in your name we ask today. Amen. Amen. Thank you for loving honor. And uh, oh, this over here. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. She can take a surprise pretty well. Um as I mentioned, uh, last week I was a little bit of a, uh, a recluse, um, kind of a, a zombie. S- Saturday evening, my wife um, came in, in and out of my delirium, and, and she had mentioned, hey, I texted Matthew uh, to see if he'd be willing to preach. And, uh, um, and then I kind of fell asleep, and then a couple hours later, I, I, I was like, did you, did you confirm with Matthew that he was preaching? And she said, no, I didn't. I said, oh, okay. So I texted, I texted Matthew, and I said, hey, would you, would you mind if you would take tomorrow? Because I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. It was pretty bad. Um, and he said, I'm already on it. Got it taken care of. Got it covered. And um, I spoke with, I listened to his sermon uh, on, on uh, Monday, and I listened to a lot of your, your statements and comments. I watched videos, and um, let me just tell you, um, one, as a leader, um, a lead follower, it's really good that where you are, when it goes on without a hitch and a hiccup, and you're not there. And I, I firmly give that to all of our leadership and all of those that are greeters and children's ministry partners and, and ushers and sound and tech and worship leaders and, and Matthew. And uh, man, Last Sunday, the sermon that he brought, the message that he brought, coming off the bench at a late hour, was phenomenal. And so, um, many of you know that we're on Spotify and we're on online at our, our website, at wapakanaz.org. Um, but as of this week, uh, we're on iTunes. And if you have yet, to have a chance to listen to that message. Um, Go to one of those three and listen. Um, I listen on Spotify at 1.2 speed to get out the pauses out of the way. But man, uh, the message that he brought is so on point that when Jesus enters in, sin must exit. 
Sin must exit. And this is what we're talking about all season. God's entrance in. And quite frankly, God's exit as well. In, in, in a so to, so to speak way. Um, so uh, these are the, the scriptures that we're going to tend to today. Um, so back in October, my, my wife and I, um, on weekends that I, I don't preach, we've, we've kind of, after six years, we learned really quick, or we learned, it wasn't really quick, it was six years, it took us a long time. But after six years, we learned that if, if I'm not preaching on a Sunday morning, um, we're going to try to take a Thursday evening through Saturday sometime and go away if we can uh, to, to get away. And so back in October, there were several Sundays that I wasn't, I wasn't actually preaching. I, I didn't have to write a sermon. And so uh, I came home from digging deeper on Wednesday night, and she, she said, uh, tomorrow afternoon we're going to Canada. I said, no, we're not. She said, yeah, we are. No, we're not. Well, why not? Because it's like eight hours away. Based on my last experience, that was like 10 years ago, 12 years ago. And she said, no, it, it's not. <laughs> the angel's over there laughing at me. <laughs> He's from Canada. <laughs> he knows. He's made the drive many times. And she said, no, it, it, it's, it's really about two, two and a half hours away. It's, it's literally right across the Detroit River from Detroit, Windsor. And I said, oh, okay, sounds good. So Thursday afternoon after work, we, we made our way uh, up north um, to that state up north that we won't mention. And then um, we, we chose to go under, under or through the Detroit River to the other side. And uh, we came to the international checkpoint. Uh, where you, you go through and, and customs. And, and so it just seemed like a lot of chaos. There weren't any really defined lines to go through. You just had to pick a spot and then make your way through. So I get a little nervous when I come to new places like that because I, I just don't want to hit anybody or anybody to hit me. So I'm focused, and I'm trying to figure out where's the line. So I, I picked a place, and I just stuck with it. And we were several cars deep. And as we got closer, about two cars deep, I, I took off my sunglasses. I pulled out my passport. I pulled out her passport, opened them up. I had them ready. And I'm right behind the car in front of me. And we get in. And then the, that car pulls off. And I pull up. And I'm smiling. And I'm ready to go into Canada. And I said, afternoon, sir. And he looked at me with a scowl on his face and said, is there any reason that you uh, ran that stop sign? What stop sign? The stop sign back there where the car behind you is stopped. I didn't see a stop sign. Well, you ran it. And then he just went on as if I tested his patience, just asking me question after question after question. Where are you going? Where are you staying? Why are you here? How long are you going to be here? Are there any bodies in the trunk, etc.? 
And I was a little nervous at this point. Apparently, he wasn't having, my presence in his life did not make his life any better, nor did his presence in my life make my life any better in that moment. I felt like rather than being salt, I have assaulted him. So I was amiss. And so the next day, my wife and I went back across to the place that we won't mention, and we drove north of Detroit to a couple cider farms. And on the way back, I made it a point to look for the stop sign that apparently I missed. So flippantly, without regard to law or safety. And so as we pulled up to this checkpoint for the second time, I actually saw the stop signs that I I ran. And they weren't in the place that I thought they would be. Here, they're way higher than low level. In fact, it was a very small stop sign on a concrete barrier, which is very easy to miss if you've never gone through the checkpoint before. And I thought, no wonder I missed it. And no wonder he was angry because I'm making an entrance where I broke the law to enter the country, right? Our lives are full of signs. Last week on Friday, after a few hours on my feet in the shop, I started to feel a little lightheaded. And here comes the fever. A sure sign, a sure symptom of sickness. Recently, my sister discovered some lumps, a sure sign and symptom of a disease in the body. We wave at each other or give the finger. It depends on if you're at a four-way stop at Northern Ohio or in Cincinnati downtown traffic. I don't know. We smile. We scowl. Some of you parents of teenagers have seen crossed arms, rolling eyes, and a, Ugh! That's a clear sign that you know what you're doing as a parent, by the way. And some of you teenagers have heard, back in my day, and if you're a teenager, that's a clear sign that your parent hasn't really been listening to you all that much and are really disengaged with the youth of our culture. Smiles, scowls, furrowed brows, signs, sure signs that tell and indicate, give an indication of certain things. Our lives are made up of signs. When I was a teenager, I missed the sign for two years that the girl did not want to talk to me. Every time I called her, I'm watching Fresh Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I got to go. I felt like that show was on 24-7. She never wanted to talk with me. Is it any wonder, honestly, that God would give us a sign? Would send us a sign to indicate His arrival, His stepping into human history. Is it any wonder? If you would open up, I will have the scriptures on the screen. 
Open up to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. There it is. Here's your sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. It says, This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Would you mind bowing your heads for a moment? Heavenly Father, we come to you. You have given us clear indication of your arrival. You've given us a sign. And Lord, this morning, May we come to understand a little bit more about this sign and what it points towards, what it says, what it means, and what it doesn't mean, how it applies to us, how it applies to humanity, how it applies to our neighbor and the person that we don't even know. God, may we not miss the sign today. Holy Spirit, we speak. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. From the moment that that Adam, the fruit crossed the lips of Adam, all of humanity and creation groaned. And quite frankly, from the moment the fruit crossed his lips, humanity began to write a story human history. And it was a story, and it is a story, of dehumanization. It is a story of evil and suffering and rage and violence and jealousy. It's a story of confusion. And as we read the scriptures in the Old Testament, we see that the the story of the Hebrew people mirrors and reflects that story of human history. From the time of Moses, we read that the Hebrew people were in captivity and slavery under the hand of the Egyptian people. And as we walk down the halls and the annals of of their history, we continue to see this as a repeated story. Not only slavery and captivity from the Egyptian people, 
right on the heels of Jerusalem were the Assyrian people, ready to pounce and destroy. Not much later, the Babylonians literally came in and ransacked, slaughtered, deported, and held captive the Hebrew people. Without missing a beat, the Persians taking over where the Babylonians had left off. Yet they were a little bit more gracious and allowed many to go back to their homeland, but still under their own oppression and rule. Then it became the Greeks, and Alexander came in and entered on the scene. And if you ever want to see an entrance in history, his is one to see. And from the Greeks, we have the Romans. Oppression, captivity, slavery. That mirrored and mirrors the story of human history. But see, that's not God's story. That's not His story at all. In fact, God's story is motivated and expressed in love. And in order for humanity to step into that story, God had to step into humanity's story. And quite frankly, you sitting here today and you listening online, God wants you to be a part of His story. God wants you to experience who He is and His love and all that comes with Him as who He is. But you have to allow Him to enter in Is it any wonder that 700 years before that speechless moment where the Word of God cried for the first time? Is it any wonder that God said, here's a sure sign, here is a clear sign to humanity? And like myself, on the Canadian border, And I missed the sign. God does not want us to miss the sign. This is a clear, unmistakable sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And we'll call him Emmanuel. See, it says Luke in the Gospel of Luke after the evening of of Jesus' arrival, when he took his first breath, and after the shepherds came in and kind of gawked and gooed like we all do over little babies, she pondered all those things and treasured them in in her heart. And every year we come to this, this time, and I, I read this, this story over and over and over again, ponder these things, and I wonder, God, is this sign, is this, is this, like, this doesn't seem godlike at all. 
I mean, when you look at and you scan the Scriptures, and you look how God enters in, or even exits, this kind of loses the oomph, the gumption. I'll use it again. Yes, gumption. It loses that gumption. I mean, honestly, when Moses was called, there was a burning bush, and the bush was not consumed. When God delivered his people in the book of Exodus, delivered his people from captivity, there were ten amazing plagues that culminated in the parting of water. And it just like spread apart and stood there. So that the people can walk on dry ground. As if that wasn't enough, when Joshua led the Israelites into the promised land, he did it again. This time it wasn't the Red Sea, it was, it was the Jordan River. When Elijah, the prophet, was taken to go up to heaven, God sent an Uber in the form of a chariot of fire. What an exit! But then, we have Jesus in his most profound, amazing exit ever. It was horrific. He's suffering on the cross. And in that moment, as he's suffering on the cross, he's suffocating. And he pushes himself up enough to get some air and says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. If that isn't an exit, I don't know what is. But his re-entrance is even more amazing. From a dead body to now walking through walls, alive and well, check out my scars. Only God can write an entrance like that. Then 40 days later, Jesus, kind of like Neil, he defies the laws of gravity and ascends like an astronaut to the right hand of the Father behind the clouds. I think that's a mic drop if I ever saw one. And this will be a sign to you. A virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. That doesn't seem godlike, does it? It's a little unspectacular, right? I kind of feel like it is. But isn't that the point? I mean, when you read, when you read that in Luke, it says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to a son, her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in claws and placed him in a manger. That's it. I mean, granted, the shepherds in the fields, they definitely had to change their cloaks after they saw the angels and before they went and met Jesus for the first time.
she gave birth to her firstborn a son, and she wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger. This is the sign. It seems too human. But that's the point. That's the point. When God enters into humanity, He comes in the most human way possible. Naked, raw, and vulnerable. With blood and afterbirth, with pangs and screams, God came in the most human way possible. In a virgin, no less. Now, how does that work? I don't get it. You ever wondered that yourself? I don't get it. Well, since there's kids around, I don't want to spark that discussion necessarily. Moms and dads, you can take care of that. But it's a miraculous sign, nonetheless, right? Very miraculous sign. Folks, God came in so such the human way that all of humanity can identify with him and he with them. That you and me, we can see ourselves. Let me just ask you this question. If Jesus came and entered into the human story in the most epic, dramatic way possible, Wouldn't you kind of expect him to do that all the time? I would. I mean, let's just... Matthew mentioned Steve Urkel last week from the, the hit series, Family Matters. Did you ever notice when he arrived on scene in the show, at some point they stumbled over a tagline. Didn't I do that? And it caught the audience's attention. And it became this catchphrase. That's how catchphrases do it. And then the audience always expected, at some point in the show, where's the catchphrase? Where's it at? I've seen it before. I'll see it again. I expect it. Folks. That's the human way. That's what, that's who we are. We, see, we seem to get into this comfort zone. Where's the chariot of fire, Jesus? Where's the huge, explosive, dynamic, firework kind of moment? If God came to humanity in such a dramatic entrance. You and I would expect that, and that's the only way we would look for God. Where's my sign, God? Where's it at? Where's it in neon? I want to see it. But He came in such a subtle, 
quiet, human manner. And that is the point. All of God's divinity in such a human moment. We've often, over the course of our history, as a church, not Wapaknaz, but as the Big C Church, we struggle with this moment. We struggle with the fact that He came to the Virgin Mary. We couldn't grasp and put our heads around the fact that God would take up residence in a womb of a teenage girl. And so we cleaned it up. You know what we did? We created a theology. We never thought that God can enter a tarnished, tainted, sinful flesh. So we cleaned it up. We created a a theology that Mary was sinless, that she was pure. And you know what we did? We created a stumbling block for everybody. We created a stumbling block so much so that we have judged and taught people that you need to clean yourself up before God will have anything to do with you. It makes no sense. It takes the, the true sign out of the story. We missed the sign. We ran it. We ran the sign. And we misinterpreted what it said. And we perpetuated it so much so that there are hundreds and thousands and millions of people that don't believe that God wants anything to do with them. That He wants nothing to do with them until they clean up what they're doing. Until they stop doing this and they start doing that. They quit saying this and they quit saying that. Folks, you know what that is. That's religion. When you look at Christianity, aside the rest of the world's religions, everything else says humanity's initiative to get to God or get to enlightenment or get to nirvana or to get someplace closer to this cosmic universe. That's not what Christianity says. And that's not the religion that was birthed out of Christ and His death and His resurrection and Pentecost. You know why? Because if I'm not mistaken, the sign says the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call Him Emmanuel. God with us. Not us to God. 
God coming into humanity and dwelling among us. Not that we did anything to get there, but that He moved everything in heaven to get here in the most human way possible, but in the most divine way. And the most creative, which was birthed out of the mind of God. Because our human history is so riddled with everything from rage, war, and jealousy. We would seem to miss the sign. God doesn't want you to miss the sign. He doesn't want us to misunderstand the sign. He wants us to see it for what it is. Because in this sign, what we see later on in the Scriptures is that God who was for us became God with us. That God died for us that He might be within us. It's a game changer. Christmas and Easter and Pentecost, they're all game changers. And you can't pull one out of the story. It's a game changer for humanity. It's a game changer for you and me and your neighbors, and your co-workers. Christmas is a game changer. And so this morning, you might have missed the sign. But there it is. There it is. It may not match the moment, but it really does match the moment. God is calling through the sign. Do you see it? Have you missed it? Today's the day that you get it for the first time. If you have walked your life believing you have to clean yourself up, you have kept yourself from even pursuing God. I want to free you today. I want to free you. Because it is the presence of God that cleans you. He's already done it. It's by grace and faith not what you do. So I'd ask that you please stand. Sandy, I know that you played O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Can you just kind of subtly play that? Would you mind bowing your heads and your hearts with me? Closing your eyes.
like for you to think upon that moment, that sign for just one last second. That sign was for you. That sign was for you. For this moment. change the rest of your trajectory in your life. Heavenly Father, we approach you. We come to the throne of grace through Jesus Christ and by your Spirit. ask that you make the sign clear for us that you came and you made a way to your throne if you were standing or sitting here this morning and you finally saw it for the first time and that you have been doing and doing and doing and you've been missing the sign your whole life and today you finally saw it and you firmly believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior and you desire to have your life change and your heart change. This is your moment. This is the time. And I would just like to invite you to pray along with me. It's very simple. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I ask for your forgiveness. And I want you. I want you in my life. Jesus, I give you my life. That's it. Amen. That's it. If you prayed that prayer, that was you. That was your moment. I'm going to ask that you be brave and be courageous to step into that moment a little further and declare like God declared this is the sign will you declare that you gave Christ your life today by raising your hand in front of every single individual that loves you in this room that was you declare it step out into that moment Amen. Praise the Lord. Heaven entered in. Praise God. Praise Him. Jesus, I thank you for these people. They're yours. You love them. You dearly know them. And you desire for them to grow. And you desire for them to go. Become a movement. 
Because that's where movements of God happen. In and through people. Jesus, thank you so much for stepping across the cosmos and entering human history that we may have heaven on earth and in our life. I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. May you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And will you please love your neighbor as yourself. Praise the Lord today. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you and that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.